0: Hello. Hi everybody. <laughs> this is Sarah Westcott. And this is Katie Willie. And this is To Be
1: Read. The podcast where we talk about books and the cocktails that go with them. Yes. How we? are you? I- I'm great. I'm great. I'm so excited
0: to talk about this book. Uh we won't talk about it yet, but I did wanna I did wanna say something really quickly um before we start like crazy, you know, preamble. Um I don't know if you saw that Michael Gambon uh died yesterday, um and he plays Harry Potter uh, I'm sorry, he plays Dumbledore in um uh, all of the Harry Potter mo- movies from three on. Okay, and um, so I just wanted to mention that right off the bat because today. you're like, a little bit sad. I'm I'm I saw it this morning and it was like it struck me. It struck me. It was like, oh my god, oh my god. I mean, he was 82 years old. He died peacefully in his sleep. Like nothing, That's you know. Beautiful. I know. I know. And um, when I saw it, I, I was just reminded of how I always felt about him as Dumbledore. He got kind of a bad rep as Dumbledore. Because he wasn't the original Dumbledore. Yes, people hated him as Dumbledore. They liked liked Richard Harris much better than him, typically, and um, that's not... That's not my experience with yeah. him. I actually really adored him as Dumbledore. I thought he played the part so much better than Richard Harris. He there was like a a fun like um, I tweeted this today. There he had like a fun whimsy and like joy about him and like a twinkle in his eye that I just loved. And I thought that he was like the epitome of Dumbledore to me. That's beautiful. So really? um, yeah, so I'm, I was bummed about that, but I, so I wanted to just throw it out there because um, you know this is a book podcast <laughs> and we love Harry Potter and. Um and so but uh yeah, so rest in peace I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Um on to other things. Katie, how are you doing? Well what's going on? I'm okay. Yeah. You know,
1: we're just blasting through COVID in my household. Yeah. So it hit Adam and then it hit me. And yeah. unfortunately me and Adam shared a, a a drink before I he said his throat hurt and uh, then yeah. I tested him and I was like bah. Yeah. <laughs> And then I tested for a couple of days and it just kept showing negative And I was like, maybe I'm going to be okay. Maybe. You-. And no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. So it, I, it kicked my butt for a couple of days,
0: but then it was like, Okay. Okay. All right. I'm currently a year on from my first bout with COVID and I was very nervous yesterday that I was getting it again. And um you know I just had like my head felt a little bit too big for my body. Um I was when I was reading I was dizzy like I couldn't focus on things and stuff and I was like oh god. So I actually ended up taking a test yesterday and I'm negative. But um I so so a year ago is when I got COVID and I had to um not run a race that I was supposed to run because I had COVID. Yeah. And they um, deferred it to this year, and that race is on Sunday. (laughs) So I'm like, I swear to fucking God, (laughs) they won't let me defer it again, probably, if I tell them, hey, I got COVID again, I can't come and run. Um, Which race is it? It's in New Hampshire. Uh, It's Hampton Beach uh, Half Marathon, somebody knows Half Marathon. And John and I are leaving tomorrow. I'm taking half day. We're going out just the two of us. Um, so we're gonna spend the weekend in Hampton Beach. So nice. I'm really excited. That'll be fun. Super excited. Can't wait. Um. So yeah, I leave work tomorrow at 11:30, and um, you know, we're gonna spend all of tomorrow probably just eating and drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> and then saturday what a way to prep for a race yeah yeah well the race is not till sunday yeah. <laughs> so saturday is gonna be a little bit more chill we're gonna do you know like a little sightseeing and stuff and um probably i'm sure that i will do a little bit of drinking on saturday I mean, but not not work, not excessively yeah. and I, I i will be smart about it um so i'm looking forward to that i'm nice. excited i yeah. had
1: i had said to luke that i wanted to just get on a plane tomorrow and me and him go away yeah someplace yeah i, I mentioned disney obviously <laughs> you um, always mention disney <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's been a lot of years of my birthday that we've been in Disney area or on vacation, and this year we're not. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I kind of really like going on vacation for my birthday. Yeah, so, yeah, whatever.
0: You are mentioning your birthday, which is tomorrow. Manana. It is tomorrow, which is
1: a work from home day, which is a
0: fantastic. Oh, that's thing. good. Yeah. that's good. Yeah, people so... are like, you're
1: gonna take your birthday off, and I was like, mm, no, it's Friday. I work I from home. I work from home,
0: so it's not really so, that bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't have to
1: see people. Oh, <laughs> that's
0: awesome. That's awesome. You guys gonna do anything special? Um, we were gonna do
1: something, but then we're like, let's just push it out another week, just to make sure nobody else in my household gets COVID. Makes sense. Um, Makes sense. And then I there was there's an Oktoberfest on Sunday that I was looking at going to because I thought that would be fun. And then I it's not really like an Oktoberfest; it's more like just a German food buffet. And I'm I'm like, eh. Yeah. Know, I'm yeah. Good. I like I like German food, but like I'm looking for like an actual Oktoberfest, right? And we right. have a wedding on Saturday, so there's a whole bunch of them on Saturday, but.
0: We're going to a wedding. Right, right, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All the day after your birthday, you got to go to a wedding. I guess it's kind of uh, like a... Yeah. Yeah. And then I have a 8 a.m. soccer game to drive a child to on Sunday morning. Fun. So...
0: This is why I hate soccer. Soccer... I... In my opinion, soccer is the worst. <laughs> I... You know
1: what? If my kids weren't good at it, I'd be like, I don't think you guys really should be playing. <laughs> I no, I hear you. I know you. you're having sort you. of fun, but they—they're both actually really good
0: at it. No, Sophie, I just... Sophie wants to start playing, so yeah. I'm like, uh, I'm gonna have to sit through soccer, and I really don't want to. It's just—it's just a sport I it's really so
1: bizarre to me because I was like that until I actually like watch sure. my child and my kid like of a lot of adam's team is really good and then eric hasn't gotten to the point in time where he's actually playing on like an actual sort of sized field instead yeah. of like a quarter of a field so right. it's stupid yeah. um but i find it amusing like i'm fairly good friends with a lot of adam's teammates moms mm-hmm. so like we have the soccer moms and i'll say to luke i'm like oh the soccer mom group is blowing up right now or whatever oh, Yeah, and uh i want nothing to do with like any of eric's Teammates, moms. I'm just like I'm oh, good. I'm full,
0: full. Thanks. Yeah, I don't need another group. I don't One. need another group. It's it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um. Anyway, have you been reading anything?
1: Uh, it took me a long time to read this.
0: Really? Yes. Yeah, so oh. I
1: also was really annoyed with work, and I started a puzzle. So I was distracted with a puzzle, yeah. and I haven't read anything else. Okay. All right. I just started our book club book,
0: so I'm hoping I'm gonna have that done by Monday. Gotcha, gotcha. I um I did read the newest T J Klune book, um, in The Life of Puppets, in the Life of Puppets. Okay. Um As good as Under the Whispering True. I are? think I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Okay. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, not as Much like not as like it didn't hit me as hard as that one did. It, it it was a great story though. I really liked it. It was kind of like a retelling of Pinocchio in a way. Okay, um, what's it called? Uh, in the Life of Puppets. Okay, um, and it's like it's basically about like humanity has been wiped out and like it, the the world is just machines and and it's kind of about like there is one human and he's trying to make all these. He's trying to create a family basically with these with these machines that he has, and okay. it's, it's really it's really it's really a good story. I liked it a lot. Like t- there, nobody is funny like T.J. Klune. Okay. Like his shit is fucking hysterical. Like I laughed out loud so many times reading this. Like that's awesome. It's just such good like sarcastic humor. I, I fucking love that. I love that. So I I thoroughly enjoyed reading it. It just didn't. It wasn't like as emotionally resonant to me as something I'll like Under The Whispering okay. Door. Yeah. Um, but it was good, and I do recommend it without question. Nice. So I will
1: definitely add that to the pile.
0: Yeah. And I'm gonna probably start a Rachel a Rachel Hawkins book tomorrow, not the Villa, um, Reckless Girls. I think. Okay. I don't think you read that one. Mm-mm. No, but you read the Villa, right? I did read yes. the Villa? Okay. I like that. that one's on my list as well. And I that one was available too when it was between those two. And I was like, uh, I bet I've had the Reckless Girls one on my list for so long. So I'm like, get, so get like it I out. better. I, let me yep. just do, go with that one, and, and <laughs> it'll probably be a quick read. So so we'll see what happens. But um, did you read the book club book? I didn't. Okay, I didn't. No. I just
1: started it and it seems like it's going to be really. I think I'm really going to like it okay. if it goes the way I feel like it's going to go.
0: Okay, okay. I have to get it from the library. Um it's still it's still waiting for me at the moment, but anyway. Um why don't we move to our prologue? Yes. We got a lot to talk about today. Sure you do. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> the, the prologue. prologue. Okay. Um, so, Katie, we read The Amber Spyglass by Philip Pullman, uh, once again, probably my favorite book of all time. And I'm excited to talk about it with you. A little nervous that you didn't like it as much, <laughs> um, but but I think after our conversation, maybe you'll look at it a little bit differently. Um, anyway, it was published on October 10th, 2000. Um, this completes uh, you know, the trifecta of books here. Um, and... Uh, The trifecta of um, interesting objects. So in the first book, we had the alethiometer, which was a truth-telling device. In the second book, we had the subtle subtle knife, which basically can cut through any world and cut through any um, any substance. And then in this one, of course, we got the amber spyglass, which is a device that physically can view dust. Um, Can I just
1: one quick note? I usually don't interrupt your reader facts. I just would like to let it be known that this was the third book And it took until the word spyglass was on the fucking piece of paper (laughs) in front of my face to realize that that's what she was making. And I went, are you kidding me?
0: You are so funny because it was the same thing with the knife. It was I know. The same thing with the knife. I know. Okay. I okay. got to
1: it and I was like, "I'm." Was yeah. the golden compass a problem for you
0: too, or well, she didn't actually
1: refer to it as a compass? No, she so didn't. I figured that out. Yeah, yeah. Without yeah. it, but okay. I probably you know gotcha.
0: Whatever. Um. So my last, uh, my last uh, fact is just a Pullman quote that I I really liked, um, because it kind of encompasses you know why he wrote this story in the first place. Um, So I got this from Wikipedia and um, basically it says, let's see, the Amber Spyglass is a partly a reevaluation of the biblical tale of Adam and Eve. Pullman said uh, of Lyra's sexual awakening is exactly, this is a quote, is exactly what happens in the Garden of Eden. Why the Christian church has spent 2000 years condemning this glorious moment? Well, that's a mystery. I want to confront that, I suppose, by telling a story that this so-called original sin is anything but. It's the thing that makes us fully human. So I I really, really, really liked that quote um and you know as you read this book you you realize you know this this whole story is just about um growing up like growing up in a sense uh, children into ch- children into adulthood and also adults growing up and getting a, kind of realizing that what they're fighting for isn't always the greatest thing you yeah. know what i mean um so that's those are my facts so why don't you give us three to run down katie
1: the forces of all the worlds are m- Mustering to take part in Lord Azrael's daring rebellion and two tiny but fierce galavespian of Vespian, that's how I said that, <laughs> yeah. spies have been charged with bringing Lyra and Will and the subtle knife to the fight. But Lyra and Will have their own promises to keep. They're, they mean to travel to the land of the dead, a gray-lit world where no living soul has ever gone. Everyone is making sacrifices, witches, angels, armored bears, and more. But as dust drains from the world, the fate of the living and the dead will come to depend on Lyra and Will and the devastating choices they must make.
0: Oh, that was quick. That was it a good was, one. Okay. It was. <laughs> it's so, so funny because mine is that clearly like mine is different, you know, on the back yeah. of my book. So it's always funny to read, like, yeah. hear what the ones that you got. I agree. Um, so, really. What quick, are we reading I, or what are we drinking? The oh, only other thing okay. I
1: want to say is that, where is it? I had, I bought this from Pango. <gasps> I didn't lose it. Is there a note in there? I had. <laughs> <laughs> it probably fell out when we stood it up to take the picture. Um, it came with two receipts from Barnes and Noble from when the person bought it. Oh, I wonder they if they. Oh, nope, you I found them, them. You found yeah. them. Um, it is a survey of Barnes and Noble and a dollar off a grande or a larger Starbucks or Tivana. Oh, that's funny. When did they buy it? What, what does it say? Uh, well, you had to visit the cafe between eleven one and eleven twenty seven in two thousand and nineteen. Interesting. And I don't think that they actually read this book. The spine was not cracked until I read it. <laughs> And that's I think funny. it got shoved in there,
0: and that's where it stayed. And so. they're just like, let me sell this on Pango now. Yep. I never read this, and not was, interested. I, think I only
1: bought it for like a dollar, which was a fantastic. Like, thank you. Yeah, 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 exactly,
0: exactly. All right, what so are we drinking? We are drinking. It looks delightful. I'm so excited. It is called
1: the Spyglass mm-hmm. because. You know,
0: of this spyglass,
1: because that's what we read. It took me till page. Wait, what page was it? Um, two hundred and seventy-three. Oh my yep. gosh, that's so funny. it is more than halfway through the book without yes. question. Yep. Yeah, it is. Um, muddled cherries, also known as grenadine, and <laughs> aged rum, also known as just regular rum, and it is lemon juice and bitters and orgiat. I was going to say something you can't pronounce. Which is supposed to be an almond syrup. We went with amaretto. And then it is topped with sparkling wine. What? And I think it is going to
0: be delightful. I think it's going to be delightful, too. I'm so excited and to drink this. I'm also mostly
1: excited for the fact that we popped a bottle of sparkling wine, and we're just going to have to finish that chicken. I know, right?
0: Oh, drink it. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. You know, like, the second grenadine hits my yeah, lips, I'm just happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he said Mm -hmm. grenadine, i'm like yeah Uh here we go i can't wait um all right so that was delightful let's uh go to the story (laughs) (laughs) story. story. um i have so much to say about this book i'm like i'm actually kind of like scared about like taking this book on but you know everybody who listens to us realizes that I'm not a scholar. Like, I don't, you know, yeah. whatever. I'm just, basically, I'm taking things that I just really enjoyed and, um, like, things that taught me something mm-hmm. and meant something to me. Um, At any rate, how did you feel about this book, Katie? So,
1: I already said it took me a while to read this. Yes. And I've been dreading this point in time because <laughs> I know how much you love this book and this trilogy, and I kind of didn't really care. Yeah. Like, And I know that there's underlying stuff, and one of my notes is, or, well, in my head, I don't think I actually wrote it down. I love the concept of trilogies. Mm -hmm. I love the way the first one does one part, and the second one does another one, and the third one, you see all of it come together, and you see, like this one, you saw the witches come, and you saw the armored bears, and you saw Lord Asriel and Mrs. Coulter, and it all was just coming together, and Roger came back, because fuck yeah he did you could tell me he's and dead so he's trying to like
0: but i don't remember if mean, <laughs> know if you remember this but when we were talking about uh the subtle knife and you kept saying it, uh, oh i guess we're not gonna see roger again and i was just like uh, uh, uh. you're like
1: so spoiler alert roger is dead and i was like okay okay <laughs> so when we like that, yeah. hit the first interlude i was like yes yeah, Felt yeah. really smart um and, and then, so the concept of the trilogy, I really enjoyed that part and seeing how it was all going to tie together. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about before, when you reread a book, you're picking up on other stuff. I am a thousand percent positive. A whole shit ton of your notes. I'm going to go, oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. And I just, I think I had a lot going on while I was reading this, both with work and home and just everything that yeah. I couldn't really focus on That affects you. Focus that, yeah, that it. affects it. Yeah. So there was points in time where I'm like... Who where are they? What is happening? Yeah. And and I think that I wasn't able to give it the full attention that it needed. Yeah. Um, but I was glad at I I liked I did like the way that it ended and how all of the pieces came together. And right. I obviously did get the general moral of that it was Adam and Eve and yeah, I yeah. got all that. I, yeah. I didn't have to be hit over the head with that. Um and there was a couple of things at the end, a couple of good quotes and like morals of life that I really did appreciate. Yeah. Um but for the most part, I liked it enough because I know you loved it, <laughs> and I know I want to talk about it with yeah. you. So I'm glad that I did read it so, read it so that we can talk about I,
0: it. I'm, I'm personally, I'm glad that we finished a whole trilogy together. I think that's and really we cool. to talk. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I, I think and that we get to talk about it, and um, like I said earlier, I really hope that some of my. My talking about it and excitement about some of these things and, you know, some of my notes and, like, what I picked up on a second reading and, like, more connection might help you to have and enjoyed I, it and better. i know
1: it, i know it will because that's part of what i enjoy about our conversations right. is that <laughs> if there's something that you notice that i don't or Absolutely. vice versa Absolutely. there was yes. one book where uh i don't even remember what it was i think blackbird cafe where i was like oh the cat was then the bird where the yes. people and you're like wait what, what? i yeah. did so not like that whole yeah. <laughs> the dynamic of having conversations with you about books is really agreed agreed what i love 100 100
0: so. and like sometimes we read things that we might not enjoy that much and um and- i didn't
1: throw it across the room at any. Yes, exactly. So, Thank goodness.
0: And, yeah. Like I don't. We haven't. Thankfully, we haven't had a book like that that yeah. we've read. I'm sure one is coming at some point. Yep. Um. Uh. We'll talk more about that in the future. <laughs> but um. I guess I'm just gonna jump in because I don't know what what you know. Do, do you have any notes that you want to pop out first? I have a
1: couple. Um... But I assume you're gonna kind of go through some things, and when mine are applicable, I'll jump in with them. Yeah, Does that yeah. work? Because I don't have that too many of them. I
0: actually, um, I actually, when I was going through, I was preparing yesterday. I, I had maybe three more notes, and as I was, you know, preparing, I was just like, I don't need this one. This is unnecessary. This is yeah. And I'm just like, okay. I, I was glad that I did it, but I still ended up with literally like almost an entire packet. I of flags, of yes. flags, the entire packet of flags. I don't know how many flags this is. I didn't count them. It's a lot. That's all I know. And I also stopped taking notes because
1: I knew you were going to touch on literally <laughs> everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm, I'm just just forewarning you that I'm probably going to read quite a bit of patch, That's passages. Fine. I'm going to try to make this as quickly as possible so you and I can get in the hot tub for a little while and, and finish that bottle. Yeah, and do some and do some girl talk. But okay. So my first my first note was on. Page seventeen um of my book. I'm sorry. on you know, obviously just, our book. Just out yeah. of curiosity, how many pages did your book have? My so we can see how close it'll line up. Four sixty five. Okay. How many are yours? Five eighteen. Wow. That you know, that shocks me a little
1: bit because you have such a big book. Yeah, but it's like Yours is, like, a tall book, and mine is, like,
0: a short, fat book. And it's I not. don't know. Like, my words are so tiny, too. Yeah, like my mine words are, are teeny, not. Teeny, tiny. Um, okay, so I'm on page 17 of my book, which I believe I is... I love a
1: book that's over 500 pages, too, just so we throw that out there. <laughs>
0: You know, it really depends on the book. It really yeah. depends on the book. Um, we could talk about the fact that freaking, you know, Robert yeah. Galbraith yeah, has yeah, has yeah, yeah. A, a new book out. And I will not get it for a while because, of course, it's a thousand pages long. And I'm sure Robin and, and Strike will not fuck. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Lather, rinse, repeat. Um, so I- I'm on page 17 right now. And this is just I, I only flagged this because, um, you know, in all of these books, again, as I mentioned in the, the facts, um, you know, we have a trifecta of devices that our heroes use to, like, help them through um, certain things. I, too, and... have a trifecta of devices, yes. but totally... <laughs> totally different. <laughs> totally different. <laughs> totally different. Um, so I, like, and I liked learning a little bit more about each thing as the book kind of, yep. each book progresses. And, you know, we didn't get a lot with the Amber Spyglass because it was only one, in one book. Um, but this is about the subtle knife. Um so Will meets up with two angels who are are there to kind of help him. They want to bring him to Lord Asriel to, because they need they need the knife. And Will is still adamant, like I I'm you know I I'm, need not to going. Find, I'm not yep. going until I find Lyra. Not doing yep. it. So anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, here's a quote right here. It says, "I'm thinking you can only move easily from one world to another if the ground's in the same place. And maybe there are places where it is, and maybe that's where a lot of cutting through happens. And you'd have to know what your own world felt like with the point, or you might never get back. You'd be lost forever." Um, I kind of like, again, like Will is learning how to deftly use this instrument that is like one of the the most um, dangerous instruments, if not the most dangerous, we'll learn a lot more about that later. He's learning to use it in a way that like helps him specifically, which I love. Like he is learning something about himself that is like, if I feel this, you know, if I think of this certain thing and I feel this, like, I know that that's my that's world. world. That's, yeah, that's my world. world. Yeah. And I know that this is Lyra's world. And he can feel like certain things just by like the tip of the knife touching it and like it running up his arm. It just was a really cool. um, Uh, A really really cool thing and like i'll just go he picked up the knife again as well as the clear as well as that clear and obvious feeling he got when he touched a point that would open to his own world there had been another kind of sensation he touched more than once a quality of resonance like the feeling of striking a heavy wooden drum except of course that it came like every other one in the tiniest movement through the empty air there it was he moved away and and felt somewhere else there it was again he cut through and found that his guess was right. The resonance meant that the ground in the world he'd opened was in the same place as as this one. So it's kind of neat. Like he was, he's just learning. Like, okay, I know that if so I'm here, if it feels like this, <clears throat> yeah, it's got to be yes, the same plane. Right, right. So I thought that was kind of neat. Just like you know, learning. He's we're learning the power of the knife as he's also mm-hmm. learning it. Of course, he's much better at it. <laughs> I can't imagine having to use something that like. It takes all of your focus, and if you if you think, poor, like of something else, of something else, like there's plenty. There's times when he thinks of his mother, and he actually, you know, he he thinks. I, I believe he's with Mrs. Coulter in the the um he's saving Lyra from the cave and he's with her. And for a second, she reminds him of his mom and he's trying to cut through and the knife just crumbles. Yeah. He Um, loses
1: complete concentration. And then. Yes.
0: Yeah. And, and we think, Oh shit, the knife is gone. They're not going to be able to get anywhere, anywhere else. But, um, uh, luckily Yurik, uh, was there to save the day. (laughs) It's not Irek. I say, I say Yurik. Okay. I, think, I think Yorick. I, it just... I, rec, I mean, I think the first time <laughs> I read it, I said it that way, but I watched the show and I'm pretty sure they say Yorick. I'm, okay. Yeah. Bearneson Yorick Bearneson, Bearson. Bearneson. Be- Be-
1: like Bearson. <laughs> I always read it as like bear. He's a bear. But luckily they have
0: him and yep. he is a forger of metals and um, he does a pretty fantastic thing by... Even though he doesn't want to, he reforges the knife so they can complete their task because he knows that they have to. Um, So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Moving on, I guess. Uh, We'll go to page 28. I have a couple of, like, I'm going to skip around a little bit because things are kind of connected in a way, and, like, I'm going to jump around a little bit. So, um, let's see. So... The first thing I'm going to touch on here is we definitely learn a whole lot about the authority, yeah, and um, you know the creator, and then we learn of this guy called Metatron, who is the authority's regent, basically his like. I had sucker. a really hard time <laughs> not saying Megatron every Megatron! time I read it. Megatron. Like, mm. Anyways, personally, I feel like they didn't really this this. If I have one gripe about these novels, it's that they're. They're they're trying to create. They're trying to fight this war against what the the authority and um, you know that's not really super fleshed out. But at the same time, I don't really think it's the point of the story.
1: Right, and I think that it also could have been a way for him to subtly point barbs at the church and not be
0: like, I'm
1: talking about
0: and lay it all out yes. it's it's yes. the subtleness of it yes like clearly he has issues with religion um you know uh, a lot of people do and um i don't think he's wrong in his in his stance on it it it, it is pretty stark how like pissed off he is about about religion and how um it uh it, basically especially christianity there's just too many people who think that, you know you're not christian you're not you're not good you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so there's a there's a lot placed on that, but anyway, here they're talking about the authority Balth- Balthamos and um what's the other guy's name? What's the other angel's name? Baruch. Uh, they were very interesting, but they are not in the in the story very often. Um, He said, okay, Balthamus said quietly, the authority, God, the creator, the Lord, Yahweh, El, Adonai, the king, the father, the almighty, those were all the names he gave himself. He was never the creator. He was an angel like ourselves. The first angel, true and most powerful, but he was formed of dust as we are. And dust is only a name for what happens when matter begins to understand itself. Matter loves matter. It seeks to know more about itself and dust is formed. The first angels condensed out of dust and the authority was the first of all. He told those who came after him that he had created them, but it was a lie. One of those who came, Later was wiser than he was, and she found out the truth, so he banished her. We serve her still, and the authority still reigns in the kingdom, and Metatron is his regent. Um so and that's like you know, we're we're learning about the authority, but we're also learning more about dust and what the hell is it, mm-hmm. you know? So I think, let's see, I'm gonna skip to page 54. It said, Baruch said, Well, there is a world of the dead where it uh where it is and what happens there, no one knows. My ghost thinks uh thanks to both Balthamos, this is so hard to read, never went there. (laughs) I am what was once the ghost of Baruch. The world of the dead is just dark to us. It is a prison camp, said Balthamos. The authority established it in the early ages. Why do you want to know? You will see it in time. My father has just died. That's why. He would have told me all he knew if he hadn't been killed. You say it's a world. Do you mean a world like this one, another universe? About the most looked at Baruch, uh, who shrugged. And what happens in the world of the dead, Will went on. It's impossible to say, said Baruch. Everything about it is secret. Even the churches don't know. They tell their believers that they'll le- live in heaven, but that's a lie, if people really knew. And my father's ghost has gone there, without a doubt, and so have the countless millions who died before him. So we're going to find out a lot about the the world mm-hmm. of the dead, and um it has to do very much about what Lyra and Will um ultimately have to do, which, you know, is pretty beautiful in the end. I um, that
1: was Possibly one of my favorite parts. Yes. The the end result. Yes, Yes. exactly. And I
0: I cannot wait to get there. Um, Let's see. I'm skipping now to 188. I think we're still... Okay, so now we're back. We're back um, again with the with the creator and what he's created. And it says, "Let's see. This is uh, angelic knowledge," said Gunway. It shocked some of us too to learn that the authority is not the creator. There have, may have been a creator, or there may not. We don't know. All we know is that at some point the authority took charge, and since then angels have rebelled and human beings have struggled against him too. This is the last rebellion. Never before have humans and angels and beings from all the worlds made a common cause. This is the greatest force ever assembled, but it may still not be enough. We shall see. So again. Like more authority stuff. We're trying to learn why. Are, why are they going after it? What is the point, it? Of, is it? The point yeah. of it? All, all of it. But what I love about it is like they're telling us right now, uh, the authority is um, an autocrat, like it, it, yes. authoritarian. It's it's very much like. I'm going to be in charge. I'm going to be in charge. charge. I'm going to tell you that I created everything, even though it's not. I'm going to tell you there's a heaven, even though basically what I'm doing is just pushing these people to the underworld, and that's where they're going to live out their days um, uh, when they're dead. There's no heaven. That's it. But Um, I'm going to tell
1: you that there is, so that you listen to me, because as long as you listen to me and you do as I say, then you can get to that heaven. Precisely.
0: Yes. Yes. Which is... It's frustrating. It's very frustrating, because then, you know, I mean... Again, I'm not a not a believer, you know. I I don't think there's anything after this. I would I would love to be proved wrong. I would love to be proved wrong about this. But, you know, I just I just don't see it. So for me, it's very much like um yeah, yeah, this, this is what I think. You know, mm-hmm. the, people have religion has told us that there is something after, so we don't fear death quite as much, I guess. Um but, you know, I, I, yeah. but it's forever and always going to be somebody's guess. Right, exactly. That's exactly. guess. Yeah. Um okay, so that's that stuff. Let's see what else do I got. <clears throat> so on the subject of the authority, it's yes, less ma'am. less about the authority
1: um and more about uh so the the president um, so they they decide that they're going to send this Father Gomez, which is basically going to be an assassin to go after Lyra to kill her because of the prophecy that she is Eve. Yes. And the, so I'm on page 76, wherever that might be for you. <laughs> um, but while Tialis was at the rendezvous talking to Salmakia, the president sent for Father Gomez. In his study, they prayed together for an hour, and then Father MacPhail granted the young priest the preemptive absolution that would make his murder yes. of Lyra no murder at all. Mm-hmm. Father Gomez seemed transfigured. The certainty that ran through his veins seemed to make, this, make his very eyes incandescent. Um, I thought that I had flagged it where I really wanted it but I guess I didn't but it was basically like that's probably right before that that's like as long as you do enough good things and you build up enough good credit you can cash that in for doing something that you shouldn't do. Yes. Instead of just like, don't do that. Yes. Don't murder. Yes. Don't murder. It's bad. Don't yes. do that. But if you do enough positive, good things, your balance will be good and then that'll wipe it all out. You're yeah. still
0: good. Yeah. You're still good. This which is a-
1: very dual yes. mindset-y. It's very hypocr- It's very hypocritical. Yes.
0: And, and this is... That's was, a better way to say that. Again, another, another thing that has always bugged me about religion is just like, you know, you can do all the bad you want to, but as long as you... You say Jesus is my Lord and Savior, um, and then say you know go to confession and say some Hail Marys and get some holy water thrown on you. You you've been absolved of, of your good. wrongdoing. You will get in. You will get into the kingdom of yes. heaven.
1: As opposed to just like no, you really should just live well.
0: Yes, be a good human. Correct. Yes. Yes. It doesn't like it doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me, no. <laughs> and it never has. Um, <clears throat> so I'm kind of in that same in that same section too uh you know I, I, di- I definitely flagged that stuff about um Father Gomez because he that was that was just very creepy to me, very creepy. I didn't love it I, um you, again, in the book, you don't see a lot of him. he's kind of just a plot device to like get to the point, yeah yeah, and make us worry about our our heroes like is he gonna reach them when is he gonna you know is he gonna just kind of hate wait wait in the weeds and and which he does yeah because okay, so there let's see. This is how, you know, um, they explain to him what he's going to do. Uh, Please remember, the alethiometer does not forecast. It says, if certain things come about, then the consequences will be and so on. And it says that if it comes about that the child is tempted as Eve was, then she is likely to fall. On that outcome, on the outcome will depend everything. And if this temptation does not take place, and if the child gives in, then dust and sin will triumph. Um, So again, we're talking about, you know, the fall, in my opinion, when they keep saying the fall, the fall is literally just her growing up and becoming and
1: becoming a woman and
0: becoming a woman and learning, you know, that there are things out there that make you feel a certain way, you know, and we're going to talk about that a lot. Trust <laughs> me. Um, so but that's that's where they're, you know, they're talking about fa- uh, Father Gomez. Uh, I have the same thing as you, the preemptive uh, yeah. penance, which I think is disgusting. Um, did I have something else on that? I don't think so. But yeah, obviously, the church wants to eliminate Lyra because they don't want anybody to think for themselves. To, basically, to yes, yeah. for themselves, yeah. they want to be able to hold this power over everyone, and there's no free will. You get you get no You're choice done. in the matter. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Just listen to what we say. Mm-hmm. So for that, they cannot let her succeed. Um, okay, and I only flagged this for for one reason and one reason alone. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this. Uh, okay, so right now Will has Will has reached uh, Yorick Bjarnason. He found he found him, and you know basically like the same as Lyra did. He they, he kind of tricked him into fighting uh, him, which I think did you did you mark so this down? So I didn't
1: flag that, but I flagged um, when and I'm gonna call him Iorik. And Lyra meet up, and Irek is explaining why he went with Will. Yes. So the part where he's like he he bested me, but so you yes, had yeah. Idea.
0: So um, there, there I haven't you know. Basically, he he uh, Will says you know I'm gonna I'm gonna fight you. Uh, I don't need anything. Why don't you? Or I, I all I need for to, for it to be a fair fight is you give me a piece of your armor. And of course he gives him his helmet, and Will just fucking around just you know cuts Shoop, right through it. Like, and he's like oh! oh, oh, I cannot fight you. This yeah. is not, you know, whatever. And then, you know, they become, if not friends, at least acquaintances and, and yes. you know, travel partners. With the same intention of finding her. Correct, exactly. So um, there's this one quote down and it's at, on page 101 and it says, but eventually the river narrowed and deepened again and soon ahead of them began to rise the mountains of the great Central Asian Plateau. Will saw a rim of white on the horizon one day and watched as it grew and grew, separating itself into different peaks and ridges and passes between them. And so high that it seemed that they must be close at hand only a few miles but they were far off still it was just that the mountains were immense and with every hour that they came closer they seemed yet more inconceivably high and like the only reason why i quoted mountains. That is because it's mountain, mountains it's so like they're so fucking majestic and it's so true you can see them from so far off and it's like wow those things are humongous like it seems like they're so close to me and i should just be able to walk to them really quickly but no you're miles and miles and miles away and when mm-hmm. you get up closer it's just like holy shit it, like if there is a heaven, that's what heaven is like. Just you know what I mean? This In nature. It's just like, yeah. yeah. It's just like seeing something, like the awe of seeing something like that, which is very cool. Um, okay. So now I'm going so to. So basically
1: off of that, the what I had flagged is when he does meet up with Lyra and he says, he outfaced me. I thought no one could ever do that, but this half-grown boy was too daring for me and too clever. I'm not happy that you should do what you plan, but there is no one I would trust to go with you except that boy. You are worthy of each other. Go well, Lyra Silvertongue, my dear friend. And mm-hmm. I just loved that. Like, I don't really think you're doing a good idea. But if you're gonna fucking do it anyways, At least you're with you him. best yes. be going with that guy. Yes,
0: exactly. Okay. I like it's. It's such a. Everybody who comes across them sees their connection mm-hmm. immediately, and um, you know, Will and Lyra will learn that their connection connection goes much deeper than uh-huh. friendship, and you know, and and that kind of trust. Um. But it's it's very, like, it's it's special because other people see it as well. They're like, wow, she's really reliant on him. He is really reliant on her. He does not want to do anything without her. He wants to protect her. Um, it's just uh, an, a very awesome relationship, in yeah. my opinion. One very fleshed out in these books, I think. Um, okay, so now I'm going to talk a little bit about... Um, the, and this is going to, this is, I have no idea how to say this word. Um, the, the Mulefa. Mul- yeah. Is that I, how you said it? That's how I read it. Yeah. I either, I either would, I would go between Mulefa or Mulefa. No, Mulefa. Mulefa. I yes. thought so too. Um. I loved them. That whole, every time
1: we were with Mary Malone and she was with them, that was the parts that like pulled me in yes. more. And yes. I, I
0: thought, I loved it. Yes. I loved it too. And they are in a different world. So Mary comes through and she, remember at the end of um Amber Spyglass or I'm sorry, at the at, at the end of the subtle knife, she goes through um to Citadaza to follow basically follow Will and Lyra or find them because yes. she knows she's supposed to play the role of the serpent. Yes. Um Which is weird because I don't feel like she actually did that. She does, and I'll I'll explain what I, I think. Like, I'll explain what I, I, I think how how I think that okay. came about. Um so Basically, she comes from sitagaza She comes into this other world and she finds these crazy looking creatures that I, I picture them as elephant, like smaller elephants. Smaller elephants, but like diamond
1: shaped mm-hmm. with like sloth toes mm-hmm. hooked into the balls or the yes, seed pods or yes, whatever. And yeah. like,
0: I, I don't know. So the seed pods are very, very much like Dr. Seussical. Yes, like, absolutely. You yeah. were, you were pictu- like, picturing like the Lorax basically yeah, the whole time. Something. Like she's yeah. in the land of the Lorax. Yeah. Um. So I- I'm going to talk a little bit about the seed pods and the seed pod oil. Because it said, okay, so she's talking to them and she learns she kind of learn starts she spends so much time with them she starts learning their kind of language and how she can interact with them and they start learning words from her and everything it's very cool how this all happens mm-hmm. and sometimes she's just like i don't have quite the translation for that but i'm thinking it's this and i'm catching like you know vibes of this whatever do they
1: say much like or like the as likes or something yes. like that Yes, their, their word for yes. like uh
0: yes I can't remember Not exactly much, what like. it is. Anyways, yes, yeah, sound like or something yeah. like that. I can't remember. Okay. Make make like. Yeah, make I, think, like. That's right. I okay. think that's right. I think that's right. Um, okay, so they explained that the seed pods needed the constant pounding they got on the hard roads if they were to crack at all, and also that the seeds were difficult to germinate. Without the malefa's attention, the trees would all die. Each, spe- each species depended on the other, and furthermore, it was the oil that made it possible. It was hard to understand, but they seemed to be saying that the oil was the center of their thinking and feeling, that young ones didn't have the wisdom of their elders because they couldn't use the wheels and thus could absorb no oils through no oil through their claws. So. In the Malefa's world, the seed pod oil is, is the dust. dust, basically, and there, you know, you're getting the the kids are getting and adults are getting their like consciousness from this dust, and the Malefa are getting it through the, the seed pod oil, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, let's see. Then I think I gotta jump to page one ninety e. Let's see. I'm sorry I'm jumping around so much. No, and I right. think that's, Hopefully this isn't super distracting. No, I but. hope it's going to make it mo- more connected for me. <laughs> All right. So Mary, again, is with her her Malefa friend who I... Amal? A- Atal. Atal. Atal, yeah. yes. Um, okay. So she didn't expect Atal to follow her explanation partly because of her own imperfect command of their language, but partly because Malefa seemed so pr- practical, so strongly rooted in the physical everyday world, and much of what she was saying was mathematical. But Atal surprised her by saying, yes, we know what you mean. We call it... And then she used a word that sounded like their word for light. Mary said light. Atal said not light, but, and said the word more slowly for Mary to catch explaining. Like the light on, wa- on water when it makes small ripples at sunset and the light comes off in bright flakes. We call it that, but it it is a make-like. Make-like. Uh, make-like was their term for a metaphor Mary had discovered. Um, okay, so that's that. And then I go to page 200. And I have, to t- I have to kind of read a little bit of a, a a long passage here, but I thought this was really cool because, again, this is their story of creation. Um, okay, she said, let's see. We discovered how to use the wheels one day. Uh, one day, a creature with no name discovered a seed pod and began to play. And as she played, she, 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 yes, she, uh, she had no name before then. She saw a snake coiling itself through the hole in a seed pod, and the snake said, the snake spoke to her. No, no, it is a make-like. The story tells that the snake said what do you know? What do you remember? What do you see ahead? And she said, nothing, nothing, nothing. So the snake said, put your foot through the hole in the seed pod where I was playing and you will become wise. So she put a foot in where the snake had been and the oil entered her blood and helped her to see more clearly than before. And the first thing she saw was the seraph. I don't remember what the seraph was. It was so strange and pleasant that she wanted to share it at once with her kindred. So she and her mate took the seed pods and they discovered that they knew who they were. They knew they were malepha and not grazers. They gave Each other names. They named themselves Malefa. They named the seed tree and all the creatures and plants because they were all different. Said Mary. Yes, they were, and so were their children. Because as more seed pods fell, they showed their children how to use them. And when the children were old enough to ride the wheels, they began to generate the seraph as well. And the seraph came back with the oil and stayed with them. So they saw that they had no. They had to plant more seed pod trees for the sake of the oil. But the pods were so hard that they had seldom that they seldom germinated. So the first Malefa saw that they must do to help the trees, which was to ride on the wheels and break them. So Malefa and seed pod trees have always lived together so i thought that was kind of cool it was just showing you know like basically like the circle of life in a way mm-hmm. without one you can't have the other yes. um it's almost like the chicken and the egg y- yeah. which, which came first yeah. you yeah. know what i mean this story it seems like um the Malefa kind of came first in the form of grazers and then they figured out how to use, use the, tree, the tree, and tree and keep it going yeah exactly because the snake helped yes the snake was the tempter yeah um so i thought that was kind of neat uh, a cool parallel there um that's for- also
1: obviously a- a direct comparison to right the garden of eden right and exactly the fruit of the wisdom tree
0: yes um so next i want to talk a little bit about mrs coulter
1: so the only note i have about her mm-hmm. on page 204 ish mm-hmm. mrs coulter's change of heart is hard to believe yes uh, very i found it very fake yes. i found it very very yes. very 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 hard to believe yes please she said urgently urgently listen to me first I can help I've been closer to the heart of the magisterium than anyone you're likely to find again I know how you they think I can guess what they'll do you wonder why you should trust me what's made me leave them it's simple they're going to kill my daughter they daren't let her live the moment I found out who she is what she is what the witches prophecy about her I knew I had to leave the church I knew I was their enemy and they were mine and I was
0: like you're full of shit it's it's hard to believe you're full of shit it's difficult to believe because of all this shit that she has put little kids through to begin with. Yep. I mean, um you know, you go back to the first book and she's literally the the like arbiter, like the the person the, the the main person bringing these kids to Bulvanger B- or whatever yep. so then she can cleave to, them to be cleaved yeah. for, for them to be cleaved. And the second she sees that her daughter is in one, she tries She takes her out and whatever. So that makes you a good person because you're saving your Your daughter, daughter, your own daughter. So I've got a couple of, a couple of things here. Uh, Okay. On my page 125, it said, uh, let's see. This is when Will is actually talking to Mrs. Coulter. This is their first meeting. He um, comes to the cave to save Lyra, and Lyra is under the sleeping potion. Um, Let's see. If Mrs. Coulter saw his reaction, she didn't show it. She went on, look, Will, I don't know how you came to meet my daughter, and I don't know what you know already, and I certainly don't know if I can trust you, but equally, I'm tired of having to lie. So here it is, the truth. I found out that my daughter is in danger from the very people I used to belong to, from the church. Frankly, I think they want to kill her, so I found myself in a dilemma, you see. Obey the church or save my daughter. And I was a faithful servant of the church too. There was no one more zealous. I gave my life to it. I served it with a passion. Um, Is this where you came in? But I had this daughter. I know I didn't look after her well when she was young. She was taken away from me and brought up by strangers. Perhaps that made it hard for her to trust me. But then she was growing up. I saw the danger that she was in. And three times now I've tried to save her from it. I've had to become a renegade and hide in this remote place. And I thought we were safe. But now to learn that you found us so easily. Well, you can understand that worries me. The church won't be far behind. And they want to kill her. Will They will not let her live. Why? Why do they hate her so much? Because of way that what they think she's going to do. I don't know what it is. I wish I did because then I could keep her even more safe. But all I know is that they hate her and they have no mercy, none. Um, so yeah, I I'm with you. I, there's, I, I'm glad that she made the turn, but it doesn't seem believable. Not at all. It doesn't seem believable. So it's. They didn't do, in my opinion, he didn't do a good enough job to like bring her into that. You know, yes. I mean, she's still a horrible person.
1: I guess I, 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 the whole start of this book is she's in a cave with her and she's keeping her sleeping yes. and poisoning her, and then she'll like pet her head and yes. clean her body, and you're just like, she's just, I, you just feel like she's keeping her alive for some selfish means to an end, yes. not because she loves her and she's her daughter, right, but because exactly. she's, I feel like she was going to use her for something the entire time.
0: You you have that feeling. And then I guess at, at a certain point, you kind of, you see a little bit that, okay, she was keeping her sleeping and she's trying to keep her sleeping because she, maybe she's just waiting. She's probably waiting out what Lord Asriel is doing to see who comes out on top there and then she'll just figure it out as she goes. Right. So it, it's really difficult. But then um
1: But then once she's with Lord Azrael, she definitely seems very like she's playing both sides. Yes, and it's clearly. very it's mentioned a few times like, well I could be a spy for them. Well I yes. can be a spy for them. Well right. I know you don't trust me. And then she like kinda like does like a side wink wink thing to her golden monkey yes. and you're like, nah, I still don't fucking believe no, you. No, yeah.
0: It's really it's really difficult to trust somebody who's done so many awful, awful things. Yeah. And you know Again, we can go back to the whole um, church thing of, you know, absolving yourself, you know, you if you confess enough or whatever. Um, and I think it's just I think it's just they're trying to convey that she's becoming a little bit more enlightened, moving away from the church and, you know, whatever. Um, let's see. But I do have I do have more to say about her. Um, I'm on my page one th- one eighty three. Uh, it says, I had been the the, the worst mother in the world. I let my only child be taken away from me when she was a tiny infant because I didn't care about her. I was concerned only with my own advancement. I didn't think of her for years. And if I did, it was only to regret the embarrassment of her birth. But then the church began to take an interest in dust and in children. And something stirred in my heart. And I remembered that I was a mother and Lyra was my child. And because there was a threat, I saved her from it three times now. I've step in, stepped in to pluck her out of danger. First, when the ablation board began its work, I went to Jordan College and I took her to live with me in London where I could keep her safe from the board, or so I hoped, but she ran away. Like that kind of pissed me off. It's like, oh, you're so you're blaming your daughter. Yeah. Whatever. Um, the second time was at Bullvanger when I found out just when I found her just in time under the under the blade of the my heart nearly stopped. It was what they we what I had done to other children, but when it was mine, oh you can't conceive the horror of that moment. I hope you never suffer as I did then. But I got her free. I took her out. I saved her a second time. But even as I did that, I still felt joy felt myself part of the church, a servant, a loyal and faithful and devoted servant because I was doing the authorities' work. And then I learned the witch's prophecy. Lyra will somehow, sometime soon, be tempted, as Eve was. That's what they say. What form this temptation will take, I don't know. But she's growing up, after all. It's not hard to imagine. And now that the church knows that too, they will—they'll—they'll uh, they'll kill her. If it all depends on her, could they risk letting her live? Would they dare take the chance that she'd refuse this temptation, whatever it will be? Um, so again, you know, we're we're hearing more um I'm I'm better now. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, um I'm still not done with I'm still not done with Mrs. Coulter. I hope you <laughs> don't mind. Let's see. So I think this is when she yes. Okay. This is when she has gone back to the church to she didn't say it to Lord Azrael, but he inferred that he she he's going she's going there to spy for him. So yeah. she takes his fucking um, gyrometer. No, not gyrometer. Gyropter. It's the um. In, 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 tra- in. It was that machine. Yes, intention machine. Intention yeah, machine. Intention right? machine. Yes, yeah. something like that. Okay. Let's see. Uh, My daughter is now 12 years old. Very soon she will approach the cusp of adolescence, and then it will be too late for any of us to prevent the catastrophe. Nature and opportunity will come together like spark and tinder. Thanks to your intervention, that is now far more likely. I hope you're satisfied. It was your duty to bring her here into our care. Instead, you chose to skulk in a mountain cave, though how a woman of your intelligence hoped to remain hidden is a mystery to me. There's probably a great deal that's mysterious to you, my Lord President, starting with the relations between a mother and her child. If you thought for one moment that I could really, I would release my daughter into the care of the care of a body of men with a feverish obsession with sexuality, men with dirty fingernails reeking of ancient sweat, men whose furtive imaginations would crawl over her body like cockroaches. If you thought I would expose my child to that, my Lord President, you are more stupid than you take me for. <laughs> I love yeah. that quote because it's like, what? yeah, <laughs> dirty fingernails. Tell me, tell me where, <laughs> tell me the one place that I. I would not trust my children yep. to be alone and yeah. I, it's a church <laughs> like
1: there, there it is. hell no
0: Mm-mm. so i kind of really loved that dressing down a little bit um okay now let's see more more mrs coulter more mrs coulter there's this is a big like change for her you know okay let's see so now she has she's gone um she's with lord Azrael again and this is when the war is happening and now she's going to metatron and um she's trying to with her womanly ways like yeah. seduce him basically okay let's see uh and she knew that her nature would have to answer for her and she was terrified that what he saw in her would be, would be insufficient lyra had lied to iafer racknison with her words her mother was lying with her whole life. Yes, I see," said Metatron. "What do you see? Corruption and envy and lust for power, cruelty and coldness, a vicious probing curiosity, pure, poisonous, toxic malice. You have never, from your earliest years, shown a shred of compassion, or sympathy, or kindness, without calculating how it would return to how it would return to your advantage. You have tortured and killed without regret or hesitation. You have betrayed and intrigued and glor- gloried in your treachery. You are a cesspit of moral filth." Um, that was I loved that because at this like she's we're seeing like her change a little bit and wanting to help Lyra, but at the same time her true nature her, is it's still, still there. who she is. It's still and, who she and, is, and, and he can see it. Yes, um, so she doesn't even have to lie that hard because He's it's like, still part you of you are you. I yes. got you. You you exactly. You're filthy just like me. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, he said, it will mean that when we join battle, we should have a new objection. My daughter and this boy have become separated from their demons somehow and managed to survive. And their demons are somewhere somewhere in this world. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm summarizing wrongly, Mr. Basilides. Basilides their demons uh, are in this world and Metatron is intent on capturing them. If he captures our demons, the children will have to follow. And if he can control those two children, the future is his forever. Our task is clear. We have to find the demons before he does and keep them safe till the girl and the boy rejoin them. Um, so that's like, you know, Lord Azrael explaining. So this is another, like Lord Azrael is having his own glow up of his own. Like he hasn't cared about yes. her in any sense, but now he's realizing, okay, my war isn't actually with the authority. It's trying to get Lyra and Will. To do whatever this they is, need yes. to do. Yes. So I've come to this point and i this is this is my this is now my objective i've figured out now that um, yes what i was doing actually led up to this point let us get to here let but... us get to here exactly so that's both of lyra's parents finally realizing that their objective is is just to help her with her objective Which,
1: it has to be fairly demoralizing for both of them to be like fuck we both we've spent were like, all this boop, time. And we, then it's mm-hmm. like, shit,
0: she's in charge of sh- everything. Exactly. Day. Like, we've spent all of this time and, like, both of them basically ignoring her for her entire life, not really giving a shit, not caring, nothing. Um, and then, you know, they realize that she has this bigger part to play in this, this coming yeah. war. Um, so it, it was it was neat. But again, at the same time, it's like, it's too little too late, you know? Glad that you're helping her, yes. and like the it, be- it became clear to you. But you know they they die, they die helping her, and they do die in each other's arms, which I which I do yep. love. You know they clearly loved each other. Um, otherwise they would have killed each other a very long, long time ago. Yeah, forever ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, so that's
1: her parents. Right around in the nutshell. same time, I do have a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, right around the same time as, uh she Mrs. Coulter's back with the authority. um, She gets her necklace taken that has a lock of hair from Lyra. Yes. And that is then used to build a bomb. Correct. And I, I couldn't figure out, and I wrote down, like, who actually was it that built the bomb? Because I felt like I, got, I must have gotten confused, because now it seems extremely clear to me that it must have been the church, or the authority, whatever you want yeah. to call it. Um, but it, it, at some point, I must have read something that I was like, wait, I thought they were the ones that didn't build it. But I, I don't know. So they, it was the authority that built the bomb. Well, the
0: authority is God. The god, the god figure, but um, I don't know if if that was who built the bomb specifically. But the, pre- president, the President, certainly, the, the Lord President or President had like commissioned yeah. this bomb to be built. Okay. Um, and like the thing about the bomb was, you know, if you had a lock of her hair or something, I think I don't know if it was just hair or if it was anything of hers, it was gonna find, find whatever world, world she's in, yes, yeah. and and kill her. And um, luckily when when it was happening. She was with people in the in the land of the dead who knew what was happening. She was which with... how? Well, because Grumman, or John John Perry is a shaman, so I guess he just kind of figured. I don't. I guess even he dead kind he of, figured it out. I guess so. Okay. I guess so. Okay. I don't really it know Lee, exactly. It, I think
1: wasn't it Lee Scoresby that was just like, "Yo, cut her hair out." The, no, the that was that's John like, Perry. Was like okay. you need to, to take find the knife, that piece where yes, that is exactly that where and, she yeah. cut
0: her hair, and you need to shave it off, and then you need to fucking cut a hole in another world, and you need to toss your yeah. hair, and like they just get it done, yeah. and then the the explosion happens. It's but, like
1: that cartoon bomb where outside the world, you like put it in your mouth,
0: and your mouth goes yup. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's such a freaking awesome like that's an awesome thing. Um, so I have I basically. I'm not even going to read this because you already read it, but I- I'm at the part now where, you know, where Yorick is saying goodbye to Lyra. And I just thought that that was so sweet. And I'm so glad that they see each other one more time. But it's yeah. like, it's such a hard, like, they love each other. Yeah. Like, it's so cool to see like this big gruff bear, like just every yep. everybody f- melts in front of Lyra. Yes. She's just this person that you can't help but to like.
1: Because she's so, I don't want to say innocent, but it is it is an innocence that mm-hmm. she has. But it's also just a very kind,
0: calm. Yes, and she's almost she's almost wise beyond her years in ways because she was she she has been forced to grow up in a certain like a little mm-hmm. bit quicker, even though she's not quite as grown up as you know she is going to be <laughs> by the end of the story. Um, she has has had to grow up in a different in a different way because you know she didn't have parents she basically lived on her own in this college that nobody really paid much attention to her nobody really wanted to deal with her you know so um i don't know it's just it's just nice that we see like these little relationships come out um let me see let me see um i'm sorry that's okay are you getting to the land of the dead anytime soon? I'm going... I'm definitely... I'm definitely getting there. <laughs> I'm definitely getting there because, like, it's it's coming. But um, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. No, that's okay. I just...
1: <laughs> so the right before they actually get to the land of the dead, they go into this world that's yes. the Holland-like world yes. where all the horses and all the people are dead. Yes. And I was... So beyond confused about that, I'm like, what is the point of that? Except for the fact that it just seemed like it's just one world that gets you one step closer yes. to going to the land of right, the dead. Right. But I expected like the all the mystery of like everybody's just dead and they're just recently dead, and it's kind of like know. that was so. Creepy. I wanted it. To, I wanted more. I wanted. So- some reason yeah. for it other yeah. than it's just one world that's one step closer well, the to the dead. Well, the
0: dead. I don't know. Yes, I agree with you. And it sounded a little bit like there was a war being fought because it sounded like soldiers were yes, marching. Yes, and then there was it. a whole
1: slew of people that were dead.
0: Yes. So it sounds like a, like a, like a like a ransacking of a a town in a war or something like that. Um, And I agree with you. That was, you know, my true crime mind was just like, I want to know more about this. Who killed them? Who killed everybody? Why did they kill everybody? I'm interested. Why'd they kill the horses? But, um, yes, so they go to that world to, um, I believe they step into that world to escape from something else. I can't remember exactly what they're stepping in, what they're escaping in that situation. Maybe that's when they they skip out on... um, they leave the forge from Yorick and, and go to this world. Yeah. And then, yes, it does get them one step closer to the land of the dead. Because I, I think the, it's... that is the next one. That exactly. They to. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they jump in there and, and we kind of learn that they need to, your, we learn something that your death is always kind of following you, just kind of behind you and hanging out or whatever. You
1: have to just like be friends with your death. Mm-hmm. And if you're friends with your death then you can see your death and then your death is yes. just always right there. And I, I did love, um, I don't, it must have been yeah, it must have been in the land of the dead where they first walk into the one house and it just very much reminded me of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with all the grandparents sitting in one bed yes, together yes, <laughs> with is, their death know, like hanging yep. out. I'm like, Oh, it's Grandma grab a Bucket. Yep, exactly. I had the <laughs>
0: exact same I had the exact same reaction to it, like, Oh my god, that's kinda of creepy. Um But what what I love about it is, you know, they're – all of these people are kind of freaked out by Lyra and Will because their deaths aren't following them. And they, you know, they don't – they're not there. They're just like, where are your deaths? Where are your deaths at? So I'm on page – my page 237, again, we're like – I believe they come to the place – this is where they're at the house or whatever – um let's see. Um I wouldn't so she's talking to one of the Galavespians um whom I loved. We're not talking much about them but No,
1: they were they I liked they just remind me of little fairies yes. with
0: like yeah, deadly spurs yeah and I, I, I loved, loved them. That. I loved them. Um let's see. So I wouldn't let a child of my own speak to me in the insolent, high-handed way you're speaking, Lyra. Why I haven't punished you before. Then go ahead. Punish me since you can. Take your bloody spur- spurs and dig them in hard. Go on. Here's my hand. Do it. You got no idea what's in my hard- heart, you proud, selfish creature. You got no notion how I feel sad and wicked and sorry about my friend Roger. You kill people just like that. And she snapped her finger. They don't matter to you, but it's a torment and a sorrow to me that I never said goodbye to him. And I want to say sorry and make it as good as I can. You'd never understand that for all your pride, for all your grown-up cleverness. And if I have to die to do what's proper, then I will, and be happy while I do. I've seen worse than that. So if you want to kill me, you hard man, you strong man, you poison bearer, you chevalier, you do it. Go on, kill me. Then me and Roger can play in the land of the dead forever and laugh at you, you pitiful thing." Um. I loved that because it's like, wow, she's She's like, she's sassy and she's like, this is when you're starting to really see she's, she's really growing up. Like the old Lyra was a little bit more selfish than this. And she's clearly saying to someone, I did a thing that I need to pay penance for and I feel shitty about it. And we're going to learn more, obviously, as we go that like, this is, this is what she was meant to do and what she's supposed to be doing. Um, and going to the land of the dead is literally, literally like her her job and her mm-hmm. duty in this. Um, and the chevalier and the lady, Samachia, lady Yeah. Somalkia. um they learn as well that they are supposed to like help they're her. supposed to help her and be there with her um and they learn that lyra learns that through the alethiometer like they they have to be with us yeah. They're supposed are to yeah are we come supposed to us.
1: like lose them or yes. Yes. oh no oh, they're no, going to they, come. they yep. play a part they have to come
0: yeah. um so that was the first part of that and i'm i'm on like a lyra kick right now let's see um page 248 okay Okay, in all the life she could remember, Lyra had never been to never been read to in bed. No one had told her stories or sung nursery rhymes with her before kissing her and putting out the light. But she suddenly thought now that if ever there was a voice that would lap you in, sa- in safety and warm, th- warm you with love, it would be a voice like the Lady Salmachia's. And she felt a wish in her heart to have a child of her own to lull and soothe and sing to one day in a voice like that. And like again, like we're just seeing her. She's really starting to grow up and to be a person who has these thoughts and feelings. Like, I want a family someday. Mm-hmm. This is what I want. This is the kind I of do that I want to do it
1: better than my mom. Yes, did.
0: exactly. Yeah, like fuck that shit. I'm gonna be a good person with the you know grow up to love somebody and make a family with them. Um. So this is the this is one of the hardest parts. I, did you have any feelings like when when they had to leave their when yes. she had to leave Pan? Yes. Okay, let me read this part really quickly because I. Yes. Okay. So when her death comes to her, he says I'll take you to the land of the dead. Um so we have to we they have to go into this basically like a canoe and travel across this body of water.
1: Which reminded me of Harry Potter first year. D yes. the boats 100%, across
0: the lake. 100% in in yep. the half life Prince. Yes. Okay. Okay, He let go, uh, so a guy comes up and, um, to take them over. He let go of an oar and reached his crooked hand up to the iron ring set in the post at the corner of the jetty. With the other hand, he moved the oar to bring the boat right up against the planks. There was no need to speak. Will got in first, and then Lyra came forward to step down too, but the boatman held up his hand. Not him, he said in a harsh whisper. Not who? Not him. He extended a yellow-gray finger pointing directly at Pentalimon, whose red-brown stoat form immediately became ermine white. But he is me, Lyra said. If you come, he must stay. But we can't. We die. Isn't that what you want? And then for the first time, Lyra truly realized what she was doing. This was a real consequence. She stood aghast, trembling, and clutched her her dear demon so tightly that he whimpered in pain. They, said Lyra helplessly, then stopped. It wasn't fair to point out that the other three didn't have to give anything up. Will was watching her anxiously. She looked all around at the lake, at the jetty, at the rough path, uh, the stagnant puddles the dead and sodden bushes her pan alone here how could he leave without how could he live without her he was shaking inside her shirt against her bare flesh his fur needing her warmth impossible never um i love that i don't love it i hated it but um i love that she's like how 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 fair is this that I'm giving something up and none of them and nobody have to? else is. and what we come to find out is clearly they all did they all have to but they just do something they just
1: don't know their demons as well as yes as she does yes and I I thought it was incredibly brave of her to trust that that is what she needed to do. Yes, and knowing and that, that she it's wouldn't die poss- when, and, and also knowing that it was possible that she would never see him again, never find yeah. him again, just because of the logistics of what world is he in, where is she going to end up,
0: and yes. all of all of that. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, and it is kind of crazy to think about the fact, you know, when they do end up in different separate worlds, it's like how did they, how did they end up in the same world again? But they've been following behind yeah. the whole time. Um. Okay. So let's see. Then Lyra gave a cry so passionate that even in that muffled mist hung world, it raised an echo. But of course, it wasn't an echo. It was the other part of her crying in turn from the land of the living as Lyra moved away into the land of the dead. My heart will, she groaned and clung to him, Her face wet, her wet face contorted with pain. And thus, the prophecy that the master of Jordan College had made to the librarian, that Lyra would make a great betrayal, and it would hurt her terribly, was fulfilled. But Will, too, found an agony building inside him, and through the pain, he saw that the two Gala clinging together, just as he and Lyra were doing, were moved by the same anguish. Part of it was physical. It felt as if an iron hand had gripped his heart, and he was pulling it between his ribs, so that he he pressed his hand to the place and vainly tried to hold it in. It was far deeper and far worse than the pain of losing his fingers, but it was mental, too. Something secret and private was being dragged into the open, where it had no wish to be and will was nearly overcome by a mixture of pain and shame and fear and self-reproach because he himself had caused it um so this is where we're learning you know just because his soul doesn't live on the outside doesn't mean that he's also not leaving something behind to travel into this world Mm -hmm. to do whatever lyra thinks that she has to do and like you're seeing like will would follow her to the ends of the earth to do literally literally anything you know um okay so that's 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 my stuff on on those soul and like Lyra Lyra literally growing up before our eyes while we're reading and, and watching, you know? So in the land of the dead,
1: I found I had actually something that I found that was amusing. Um, I'm on page two forty nine, which is right in like the same place. Mm-hmm. So they're um, Uh, They were close to the first of the people now and it was clear they were all ghosts. Will and Lyra took a step toward each other, but there was nothing to fear, for the ghosts were far more afraid of them and were hanging back, unwilling to approach. Will called out, "'Don't be afraid. We're not going to hurt you. Where are you going?' They looked at the oldest man among them as if he were their guide. We're going where all the others go, he said. Seems as if I know, but I can't remember learning it. Seems as if it's along the road. We'll know it when we get there. Mama, said a child. Why is it getting dark in the daytime? Hush, dear. Don't fret, the mother said. Can't make anything better by fretting. We're dead, I expect. But where are we going? The child cried. The child said, I don't want to be dead, Mama. We're going to see Grandpa, the mother said desperately. But the child wouldn't be consoled and wept bitterly. Others in the group looked at the mother with sympathy or annoyance, but there was nothing they could do to help, and they walked... They all walked on disconsolately through the fading landscape as the child's thin cries went on and on and on. And I wrote down, even dead kids are annoying to their moms. <laughs> <laughs> We're going this we way. That. You don't have a choice. We, we are going are this way. Yet? Are we there yet? Just keep going.
0: Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so fucking funny. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Um, Let's see. Uh. So I want to talk a little bit about like clearly there's a lot more land land of the dead and I'm I'm gonna get into that. Um, I want to talk more about Lyra like actually finding her purpose and what it's meant, what it means that she's supposed to do. Um, you know, she finds Roger, um, and you know they're basically just like, what do, what do we do here? This is it. Like, so,
1: what, so I I found you. That was my point. Yeah, yeah. I found and you. I'm sorry that what? I'm sorry
0: that you're dead. I'm sorry that yeah. I basically killed you. You know, whatever. Um, so she she finally figured something. She said, "Lyra saw them flashing overhead and felt a pang of re- pang of relief that there was still something that darted and glowed with the beauty, with beauty." Then, unable to keep her idea to herself anymore, she turned to Will, but she had to whisper. She put her lips to his ear, and a noisy in a noisy rush of warmth, he heard her say, "Will, I want a, I want us to take all of these poor dead ghost kids outside, the grown-ups as well. We could set them free. We'll find Roger and your father, and then let's open the way." Uh, to the out the world outside and set them all free. He turned and gave her a true smile, so warm and happy. She felt something stumble and falter inside her. At least it felt like that. But without Pantalimon, she couldn't ask herself what it meant. It might have been a new way for her heart to beat. deeply surprised. She told herself to walk straight and stop feeling giddy. I loved that. <laughs> love, love, love that. Yeah. Um, because you know, obviously, we're realizing. Oh, she's finally understanding that she has like Ooh. different kind of feelings Ooh. for Will than just
1: you. gave me butterflies.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, she's learning what her actual purpose is in this entire freaking story, you know. Um, so then moving to page two, my page 286, um, she took out the golden instrument, the answer came at once. She put it away and stood up. This is what'll happen, she said, and it's true, perfectly true. When you go out of here, all All the particles that make you up will loosen and float apart, just like your demons did. If you've seen people dying, you know what that looks like. But your demons ain't just nothing now. They're part of everything. All the atoms that were them, they've gone into the air and the wind and the trees and the earth and all the living things. They'll never vanish. They're just part of everything. And that's exactly what will happen to you. I swear to you. I promise on my honor. You'll drift apart. It's true. But you'll be out in the open, part of everything alive again." Beautiful. I,
1: that is, like, the epitome of what I loved about this book yeah. because that, to me, is, is what heaven. heaven should be. Yes, exactly. And that is exactly, like, it's, yes, it's ashes to ashes and dust to dust, yes. but it is also the circle of life. And it's everything going back to being a part of everything else. And yep. it just... Yes. Yes. I, 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 and the light and being outside and not in the dark
0: and in the dark underground, but I, you know, scary. I also worship the sun. So, right. Yes.
1: No, no, <laughs> I agree with you.
0: Um, but no, I just, I. I felt the exact same way reading that. It, it's just so, such a beautiful, beautiful thought.
1: So I have, um, right along with that, I'm jumping to page 364 in mine. Um, and this is The first ghost to leave the world of the dead was Roger. He took a step forward and turned to look back at Lyra and laughed in surprise as he found himself turning into the night, the starlight, the air. And then he was gone, leaving behind such a vivid little burst of happiness that Will was reminded of the bubbles in a glass of champagne, which I fucking love is in this drink. Mm -hmm. The other ghosts followed Roger and Will and Lyra fell exhausted on the dew-laden grass, every nerve in their bodies, blessing the sweetness of the good soil, the night air, the stars. And I was just like, that
0: might details. have actually
1: given me tingles. The
0: the, the imagery yes. is just absolutely beautiful. So flicked absolutely my straw. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I flicked my straw. Um let's see, where am I now? Um yes, I, I love when they're 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 like they cut a hole into um into Mary's world. Where Mary has been with the Malefa, and like they just watch as the ghosts trickle through, and they see like the joy, the pure like joy on their face. Like I'm free just, now, like, like all yeah, floating up, yes, yeah. Yes. And
1: the fact that it is Mary's world, and it's the one that's just so cool with the Malefa, yeah, and, and all of yeah. the, like the big, even the big giant birds, the big giant white birds, like just the visualization of their yeah. wings being their sails. Yeah, even though they were jerks, I
0: yes. was like. Yes, that's cool. We should talk briefly a little bit about the birds that are in the de- the world of the dead. Because the harpies. The harpies. Yes,
1: because that was a that's a very key component yes, to correct. what they were actually what doing. they're what
0: they're doing. And you know, um, wh- what was funny about that? I can't believe I didn't flag that. But what was funny about that part of the story is Lyra has lived her entire life being. She's called Lyra Tongue for a reason because she is able to weave these stories, these lies, and make people believe them. She did it with to, uh, for, uh mm-hmm. when she was fighting, you know, trying to say, I'll be your demon, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, she's always been able to weave these stories. So it's part of her character and it's part of – again, this is another part of her kind of growing up and becoming more adult is that she realizes when she starts telling people the truth – That's the best story. That's the best story. And like, I mean, she has a phenomenal story already. You don't need to, you don't need to lie about this. And the harpies, she realized, start listening. And they say, keep keep talking. I want to hear more. I want to hear more. So she realizes um, very quickly on that, you know, like, in order to get these people who die... To go all the way through. To go all through. the way through. And, like, and f- for the harpies to lead them on to the this open door to the, the world that they can be leave yes. and actually, you know, finally see, what quote-unquote, heaven, Um, you have to tell them true stories. Like, just tell the truth. Tell, tell the, the truth. story of your life. Right. Tell, like, you know, how you got there, what you did. Which is the and whole
1: concept of, like, the... Pearly gates of heaven, like yes. you have to tell us exactly who you actually yes. were. like how were you? Mm-hmm. and it, it, that lines up, yes, and I like the fact that that part of it did line up, like be true. Right. Be true of yes. what you
0: were and who you were. yeah, i I love that again, I love this part of the story just because it's it's very much like, you know, we started reading this story, and Lyra was a twelve year old girl who, you know, was pretty immature and we're coming at her coming to her now i mean she's probably near, nearing 13 if not 13 and you know she's she's a completely different kid because she's gone through all this stuff and she's she's met these people that have made her a better person and want to be a better person and want to grow up and learn you know um so i love that um where am i where am i so now let's get into Lara and will are you ready for that sure okay So this is where the tempter comes in, okay? Mary playing the part of the tempter. So it's in a chapter called Marzipan. And Mary is telling the story of... First, she's telling the kids the story of how she's, why she stopped being a nun. So Mary was going to be a nun and then she decided to become a scientist instead. And they said, well, why? Why? You know, and she tells the story about how she went to a conference or something and she met this man and this man made her feel a certain way inside. And she's, you know, they, they kissed and, and, and she didn't realize when, when he kissed her, she remembered this story from when she was a young child and, um,
1: which, that was, like, a story and a story and a story. And I think yes. I, I kind
0: of, like, glossed
1: over and got confused Oh, at that point no, again. I love
0: this. Hold on. I did Hold like on. it.
1: I remember the, because as soon as you said it's in the marzipan chapter, I know exactly yes. what you're talking about. But it, it,
0: I think it was too many envelopes for me. Uh No, I understand what you mean. Um Where the hell? Okay, 396. 396. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure that I'm on the right page. 396. Okay. <sighs> okay. Mm -mm 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 -mm. As Mary said that, Lyra felt something strange happen to her body. She felt as if she had been handed the key to a great uh, house she hadn't known was there. A house that was somehow inside her. And as she turned the key, she felt other doors opening deep in the darkness and lights coming on. She had... She sat trembling as Mary went on, and I think it was at that party, or it might have been at another one, that we kissed each other for the first time. It was in a garden, and there was a sound of music from inside, and the quiet and the cool among the trees, and I was aching. All my body was aching for him, and I could tell he felt the same, and we were both almost too shy to move. Almost. But one of us did, and then without any interval between, it was like quantum leap. Suddenly, we were kissing each other, and oh, it was more than China. It was paradise." Um, and then she, you know, she goes on to keep talking about whatever. But like this is Lyra finally realizing, you know, I've been with this boy for so long. And like she's telling me this Mary is telling me this story about how she felt attraction to a boy at 12 years old. And I'm sitting here next to this boy who has literally been to the ends of the earth with me. And I'm feeling this this thing, and you're putting words to what I'm feeling, and now I'm understanding and um, I love, I love, love, love that, so
1: I guess my biggest issue with that is that I don't feel like that was really like a temptingness. It's just like opening her eyes to it more along the lines of the snake with the oil and the seed oil and the fruit of knowledge blah right. blah, blah 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 blah, right, but it doesn't seem like it's a it's a temptation, it's more of just like an enlightening.
0: I think you can say that enlightening is a bit of temptation. Like she's seeing something, she's learning something from Mary, and she's now realizing, I want to experience that. I want to do that. So I think the temptation comes in the fact that literally, like, you know, she tells this story of Marzipan and how Mary is telling the story, and she's saying, you know, I touched his lip, and it, that was like, you know, a that's big. That's all I needed. That's all, like, that's all I needed. And I think the temptation comes in the fact that Lyra does the exact same thing. She remembers Mary telling this story, and her and Will are kind of sitting down by the water eating these berries, and she has this berry, and she just, Will, and she Um, feeds feeds him, and that's when, you know, they start having a relationship that is more than friends. You know, they kiss and whatever. Um, So I think that's where the temptation part comes in. Um, She's been tempted by this story to try this exact same thing and feel these feelings that Mary felt when she was her age. That's how I feel about that.
1: It also, so Mary's story, as far as an enlightenment and and explaining to her, it comes hand in hand with the fact that she was at Jordan College with, with a bunch of males and like a housekeeper. Right. So she never had a motherly figure Mm -hmm. to kind of explain things to her and she never had like a bunch of girl friends to be like does this happen to you what does this mean like which we all do as a coming of age and and sharing this i was actually having a conversation with a mom at soccer last night about the fact that that's one of the best things about friends your age at that point in time of your life where you can like bounce things off and i go I go. I still do that with some of my girlfriends. Being yeah. like, "The fuck is this?" Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: exactly, exactly. So, um, just you know, one more thing in that in that whole scene or whatever. Um, let's see. Let's see. Okay, where do I start here? Mary turned spyglass in hand to see Will and Lyra returning. They were some way off. They weren't hurrying. They were holding hands, talking together, heads close, oblivious to everything else. She could see that even from a distance. She nearly put the spyglass to her eye, but held back and returned it to her pocket. There was no need for the glass. She knew what she would see. They would seem to be made of living gold. They would seem the true image of what human beings always could be once they had come into their inheritance. The dust pouring down from the stars had found a living home again, and these children, no longer children, saturated with love, were the cause of it all. Like, such a beautiful way to put that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But there's still, you know, there's still the problem of... We're, we're, we finally learn that the knife has created such a problem opening doors and then not and every being time you
1: open the door, that's when a specter is coming. A specter in.
0: is is created, um, and and um, dust filters through, and because the dust is filtering through, certain things are dying, like the like malefa this, are gonna yeah. are gonna die off. The, the seed, seed pot trees. trees are falling, yeah. are falling, and they realize you know it's been happening for about three hundred years, and that is when the knife was created. Yes. So people, you know, they created this this awesome weapon to open doors into other worlds, but they did it selfishly, not realizing what it was creating and what it was doing in in you know behind the scenes. Which goes back to what Iorik didn't want to fix exactly. the, the knife for, and I did like yes. the way
1: that that circled back through so that you understood. He could see and understand more about it. the knife than what Will could see at that point in time that he was right. aware of. Yes.
0: And like, you know, the bears have a certain, they can feel certain things with the metal as they're working with the metal. They're like, this is not a good thing. It I don't does, think you know, should do this. You know, I think we should a bad destroy vibe. it. Yeah. I think we should keep it destroyed. But like, it's good that they kept it open because there were certain things that they had mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. Um, so we're getting towards the end of the book, and I'm, I'm really going to be upset about it. Um, So Will and Lyra, you know, they chase around their demons, and they finally come. Um, The witch comes. Uh, Serafina Pecola, who wasn't in this book very much, which I missed her. She was sorely missed in this mm-hmm. book, honestly. But she comes at the end, and she tells Pantalaimon and um, Will's C- demon who C- she... C- yeah, something C- like that. Yeah. She names her, and uh, she tells them, listen, you have to tell... Um, you, you gotta have to. T- you got to tell your people. You have to tell your people something awful. And um, I think that I. Le-
1: Side note: I appreciated the fact that Lyra had a male demon and
0: Will had a female demon. Yes, yes,
1: and that they could touch each other's demons. Yes, yes.
0: I, I very much. Well, that was liked very that. much like a sexual awakening type. Well, thing. listen,
1: I can touch demons. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so in the land of the dead. Um, they come across, you know, they come across Lee Scoresby and they also come across John Parry, Perry. I can't, I, don't, I always say Parry. But, um, and John Perry, Will's dad, tells them, you know, the fact is you can't live in another person's world for too long. You end up, you end up kind of It slowly, ages you it fast. It ages you fast and yeah. you end up deteriorating and you die. This is why I died because I wasn't in my correct world and blah, blah, blah. Um, So Serafina Pecola tasks the tasks um pantaliman and whatever the fucker name is the other the other one to, <laughs> like Dr. Caborkan, yep. <laughs> um, to basically tell them you know um yeah you love each other but here's here's our task we have to now close all these doors um and and you can't live together and here's the reasons why you know you're you're in love we you know we hope that we're, we're so glad that you found each other, blah, blah, blah. But, but also, but sucks what? for you. Yeah, can't live together. We find out that Lyra, because she is now basically sexually um, awakened, she can <laughs> no longer read the alethiometer.
1: Which I was like, very, 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 very upset with that. And yes. that might have been part of the reason I didn't like this book. Yes. It was a <laughs> bummer. The because... alethiometer was one of the coolest
0: parts to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it makes complete and total it does sense. In the world that this is. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um. So let's see. I want to go to, I think, page 440 is when I. Yes. Okay. So. Um, who is she talking to? Okay, so they're talking to an angel at this point, And the angel comes down and is trying to help explain, you know, why they need to do certain things. And um, the angel comes to Will and says, can you teach me how to close all of the doors? There are, like, thousands of doors and they all need to be closed. I will get all the angels that we I got can this. to help me. We we'll got do this. Don't worry about it. You close the doors that you can and I'll I'll yeah. close these doors. And, you know, they're discussing it. And um, the angel is explaining to, to Lyra, you know, um, you might not be able to read the alethiometer as you were before, but you will come you to it again. You, you can, can learn it. And she says, um, how long will that take? A lifetime. That long. But your reading will will be even better after a lifetime of thought and effort because it will come from conscious understanding. Grace attained like that is deeper and fuller than grace that comes freely. And furthermore, once you've gained it, it will never leave you. You mean, you mean a full lifetime, don't you? Lyra whispered. A whole long life, not just not just a few years. Yes, I do, said the angel. And must all the windows be closed, said Will, every single one? Understand this, said Zevania. Dust is not a constant. There's not a fixed quantity that has always been the same, that has always been the same. Conscious beings make dust. They renew it all the time by thinking and feeling and reflecting, by gaining wisdom and passing it on. And if you help everyone else in your worlds to do that by helping them to learn and understand about themselves and each other and the way everything works, and by showing them how to be kind instead of cruel, and patient instead of hasty, and cheerful instead of surly, and above all, how to keep their minds open and free and curious, then they will renew enough to replace what is lost through one window. So there could be one left open. Well, trembled with excitement and his mind let me, left. Let me just throw ahead. my
1: toe right in that door. You said I can have one? Yes. I can have one? one? You, can, you can <laughs> One door. One
0: door. And Will trembled with excitement, and his mind leapt to a single point, to a new window in the air between his world and Lyra's. And it, it would be their secret, and they would go. They could go through whenever they chose, and live for a while in each other's worlds, not living fully in either, so their demons could keep their health. And they could grow up together, and maybe much later on they might have children, who would be secret citizens of two worlds. And they could bring all the learning of one world into the other. They could do all kinds of good. But Lyra was shaking her head. No, she said in a quiet wail, wail we can't, Will. And he suddenly knew her thought, and in the same anguished tone, he said, No, the dead. We must leave it open for them. We must. Yes, otherwise. And we must make enough dust for them, Will, and keep the windows open. window open. She was trembling. She felt very young as he held her to, the, to his side. And if we do, he said shakily, if we live our lives properly and think about them as we do, then there will be something to tell the harpies about as well. We've got to tell people that, Lyra. The true stories. Yes, she said. The true stories the harpies want to hear in exchange. Yes. So if people live their whole lives... And they have nothing to tell about it when they finish. Then they'll never leave the world of the dead. We've got to tell them that, Will. Um, This is heartbreaking. Like, absolutely heartbreaking. But the... So before you get
1: to the fully heartbreaking part of it... Yeah. the, The concept of people have to live their lives with their eyes open and live your life so that you have a story that's a true story that's a good story that created dust that is going to be the story that's going to get you all the way through that's what we need to do and that's what we need to tell the world to do and and not just i i love the angels be kind be nice be happy don't be dicks don't be jerks let people out when they're trying to take a left and the road is fucking sucked with traffic (laughs) Right. Exactly. exactly. Like all of those little things, they matter. They really, truly matter in life and and it will make the world a better place. Right.
0: And then it will make the afterworld a better place. Exactly. Exactly. And then they will be led to the real kingdom of heaven, which is just becoming back into this becoming world. one yeah. with the earth, um, back okay. into
1: the trees to drop the leaves on the road to. <laughs> so this is
0: this we've come to the heart the most difficult part of this book, and that's Will and Lyra realizing that they can't they can't physically ever be together. Um, and this is my favorite part of this book, and um, my favorite part of probably any book that I've the ever bench? read. Is it about the bench? Um, not the bench just okay. yet. Um. Okay, she said.
1: Whew. okay <laughs> take a breath take a breath this gonna, I'm definitely
0: 100% okay oh will she said what can we do whatever can we do I want to live with you forever I want to kiss you and lie down with you and wake up with you every day of my life till I die years and years and years away I don't want a memory just a memory no he said "Memory's a poor thing to have it's your own real hair and mouth and arms and eyes and hands I want I didn't want I didn't know I could love ever love anything so much oh Lyra I wish this night would never end if only we could stay here like this and the world could stop turning and everyone else could fall into a sleep Everyone except us and you and me and I could live here forever and just love each other. I will love you forever, whatever happens, till I die and after I die. And when I find my my way out of the land of the dead, I'll drift about forever, all my atoms, till I find you again. I'll be looking for you, Will, every moment, every single moment. And then <laughs> and when we do find each other again, we'll cling together so tight that nothing and no one will ever tear us apart. Every atom of me and every atom of you will live in birds and flowers and dragonflies and pine trees and in clouds and in those little specks of light you see floating in sunbeams sorry (laughs) i can't even see it and when you and when they use our atoms to make new lives they won't just be able to take one they'll have to take two one of you and one of me will be joined so tightly they lay side by side hand in hand looking at the sky It's one of my favorite passages in any story ever um And I actually am going to get the tattoo of someday every atom of you and every atom of me or every atom of me and every atom of you. I love that quote so much. It's just something that like really resonates hard. You know, when you're, when you love somebody so much, um, your kids, your husband, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, And like, it just reminds me so much of like first loves too. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. It feels like such a painful thing when you separate and realize that You're Yes, you loved this person, but it's not the love that is going to go on. And, you know, but at the same time, if you love them enough, you'll meet again, you know? Yep. I don't know. It's just beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful.
1: I I can fully appreciate that. I think the one thing that kept me from being full in on that is their age.
0: Yes. And
1: I wish that it had been... More explicit that, like, yeah, she started at 12. Maybe the second book she was 13. Maybe this one she started at 14. And by, like, 14 to 15. And I know that's not realistic as far as when you're actually coming of maturity in any physical sense. But I felt like it could have been played off that it was more that way. Because I feel like I almost would have wanted them to be just, like, that much older to be more ready yes. to be
0: full on.
1: Yes. And, I mean, you're still – you, 14, 15 isn't really that much different than 13. No, no. But,
0: but I, I do think that it's part of the point of the story is, A, these two kids are are are, are growing up. They're now what they would call – you know, what you would mm-hmm. – not adults, mature. but mature. Old enough mature. that you could have babies. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think the point is just they're realizing, you know, I, of course, this is their first their first ever love story. Yeah. And I think the hard part is that they don't get to play it out. Like, it never... Right. it. They are forced instead of, you know, being able to live and, like, you know, having hate each other. And, yeah, and yes. also
1: having the hope that exactly like what you said with your first love, where you're going to have your first love and then if you fall apart maybe you still have that hope that right. you're going to run into each other at your 15 year reunion right. and be right. like, Oh, snap. Yes. How are you doing? Right, exactly. but, but they, they don't they have will. that option. At
0: they all. do not have that option.
1: Um, I, I get that. I just, I, uh, <laughs> I, I was not as emotionally invested in them, I guess. I, I. But the fact that they are acknowledging the fact that, you know, like even if we get married and, and that might be one of the ones you're going to read where the, with the bench word, are you going to read something about the bench? I don't
0: think I'm going to read about the bench. Um, okay. No.
1: So basically they plot to meet at the Oxford because they're, in both of their worlds, there is the There's Oxford botanical with gardens. the garden, yes. with the bench. And they're like, I'm going to sit on this side. You sit on this side yeah. every year on this day yeah. at this time. So even though we can't see each other, we maybe we can feel there. each other yes. or whatever. Yeah. And I at that, I really, really liked that concept yeah. of it because I could see that even being true for two people that live in the same world. Like I can only be here in the summer. You can only be here in the winter. So on the 20th of whatever month right, I'm going right. to sit here, you're going to know that I'm sitting here. And so I liked that. And and in that they did, and I don't remember which one it, it is that says like, even if you get married, come sit here on this, yes. sit here on this yes. day. And it, I don't think it was explicitly said like, don't tell your spouse, but also like, <laughs> If you should tell your spouse, tell your spouse, but also just like know that this is part
0: of what I'm gonna do in right. my entire life right. because exactly. I had this exactly. happen. Yes, and you were so you were so young. But I think that's the most heartbreaking part about it to me is that they they never got the chance to play it out like a regular relationship. Mm-hmm. It just there's there's so much weighing on the two of them doing the right thing. That I think is, is the toughest part for me because, you know, if you don't close all these windows and, and you know, the world will end because it's just literally relying on them. Um, so there's one other part in that um, at the end I just really loved. Um, let's see. It's, You're not done yet, right? No, not quite. No, no. Um, It's funny, she said. You remember when we were younger and I didn't want you to stop changing at all? She's talking to Pan. "Um, Well, I wouldn't mind so much now, not if you stay like this. Will put his hand on hers. A new mood had taken hold of him and he felt resolute and peaceful, knowing exactly what he was doing and exactly what it would mean. He moved his hand from Lyra's wrist and stroked the red gold fur of her demon. Lyra gasped, but her surprise was mixed with pleasure, so like the joy that flooded through her when she had put the fruit to his lips, and that she couldn't protest because she was breathless. With a racing heart, she responded in the same way. She put her hand on the silky warmth of Will's demon, and her fingers tightened in the fur, and she knew she knew that will was feeling exactly what she was and she knew too that neither demon would change now having felt a lover's hand on them there were their shapes these were their shapes for life they would want no other so wondering whether any lovers before them had made this blissful discovery they lay together as the earth turned slowly and the moon and stars blazed, ab- blazed above them i thought that was very beautiful too it know. is beautiful
1: <laughs> i read that entire phrase with demons in air quotes <laughs> 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 yes, because clearly they're they're and my quote unquote demons yes. no longer to take a different shape. Yes. and you buried your hand in my thick fur. Yes, yep. exactly, a hundred percent.
0: I felt this. I felt this too. But again, we're we're talking. We're reading a story about thirteen year old. Well,
1: and then I think that's what I had like because uh, yes. that's where I was at. Yes. And I'm like, it's right there. It even if they were sixteen or fifteen, like it's just that little bit
0: less creepy yes. of like so i'm i'm on my last page now so if you want to so
1: i have one other thing that i want to say going back to um what's xanthia which is how i read that stupid angel's name um <laughs> it, i don't remember how you just said it but it Zanathia, wasn't the same thing I think. yeah Zanathia, i was like yeah. oh it's xanthia mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so this is lyra and will are talking with mary Um, And she says, when I first saw you in Oxford, Lyra said, you said one of the reasons you became a scientist was that you wouldn't have to think about good and evil. Did you think about them when you were a nun? Hmm, no, but I knew what I should think. It was whatever the, ter- the church taught me to think. And when I did science, I had to think about other things altogether. So I never had to think about them for myself at all. But do you now, said Will? I think I have to, Mary said, trying to be accurate. When you stopped believing in God, he went on, did you stop believing in good and evil? No, but I stopped believing there was a power of good and a power of evil that were in- outside of us. And I came to believe that good and evil are names for what people do, not for what they are. All we can say is that this is a good deed because it helps someone or that's an evil one because it hurts them. People are too complicated to have simple labels. And I know we've had a conversation on a previous episode and I couldn't tell you what that was at any point um, about if people are inherently good or inherently evil. And I think that that was a great way to sum up like you are not, yes, your actions are one or the other, but you physically are you're right. way more complex than a single Bilinear, right, right,
0: right. Exactly. Gray or black or white. Yes, agreed. Like life is gray. Yeah. Like yes, you live in the shades gray, basically. Yeah. Not Um, all fifty of them. No. (laughs) No. No. Thank you. We'll never read that book. Um. That is a book you'll never catch on this podcast. (laughs) Anyway. Um. I'm at the. I'm at the end. I'm not gonna read like the whole. Well, maybe I will. I don't know. Um. Anyway they're they're at the bench right now i believe and they're kind of you know just hanging out her and pan um you know he's kind of i love this like their relationship is different now, you know. They they've separated. They are able to, so
1: they can do what the witches can do, yes. which we haven't touched on. It's the fact that because she left him in the land of the dead,
0: they can travel. They can without now go farther apart. Yes, and you see more of that in the second trilogy. Um, you see, like, because Lyra is then tw- in her early twenties, I think. And, I want to yes.
1: ask what that is really about. Yes,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, I don't remember the sec. I really don't remember the second book that much. But I gotta...
1: it's it's Lyra in the future.
0: Yes, so the the first the first book in the trilogy is lyra as a baby and like discovering what happened how, how she got how to she college got and dropped everything. off yes. how her parents
1: were like fuck you yes. before they realized they needed yes. to correct and even realizing
0: her. that something there's something different about this baby on like immediately like people know that there's something different about this baby or whatever and that they need to protect her for some reason um not knowing why and then the second book is um a sequel meaning it's about 10 10-ish years in the future i believe um and, and the third one is still pending. This third one is still pending. Sadly, I have not. And it is seen a trilogy, definitely. I think it's a trilogy. As far as I've heard, I mean, there's still there's still story to be told for sure. And how old is this guy? He's pretty old. Okay, he's pretty old. So I don't know. Um. Anyway. Uh. All right. Pan. Pan slipped down to the down to the bench and curled up on her lap. They were safe safe together in the dark. She and her demon and their secrets. Somewhere in the sleeping city, where the books that would tell her were the books that would tell her how to read the al- letheometer again and the kindly and learned woman who was going to teach her, and the girls at the school, who knew so much more than she did. She thought, they don't know it yet, but they're going to be my friends. Pantelheimen murmured, that thing that Will said. When? On the beach, just before you tried the alethiometer. He said there wasn't any elsewhere. It was... It was. was I'm sorry. I'm, like, fucking frazzled. It was what his father had told you, uh, but there was something else. I remember. He meant the kingdom was over, the kingdom of heaven. It was all finished. We shouldn't live as if it mattered more than this life and this world, because... Where we are is always the most important place. First of all, I love that. Where we are is always mm-hmm. the most important place. He said we had to build something. That's why we needed our full life plan. We would have gone with Will and and Kerjava, wouldn't we? Was yes, close. of course. Yes, you were <laughs> the Khorvorian. Yes, of course, and they would have come with us, but. But then we wouldn't have been able to build it. No one could if they put themselves first. We have to be all those difficult things like cheerful and kind and curious and patient. And we've got to study and think and work hard, all of us in all our different worlds. And then we'll build. Her hands were resting on his glossy fur. Somewhere in the garden a nightingale was singing. And a little breeze touched her hair and stirred the leaves overhead. All the different bells of the city chimed once once each. This one high, that one low. Some close by, others farther off. One cracked and peevish. Another ga- grave and son- sonor- sonorous. 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 But agreeing in all their different voices on what the time was, even if some of them got it to got to it a little more slowly than others. and that other Oxford where she and Will had kissed goodbye, the bells would be chiming too, and a nightingale would be singing, and a little breeze would be stirring the leaves in the botanic garden. And then what, said her demon sleepily, build what? The Republic of Heaven, said Lyra. So, like, I... It's just the perfect way to end this, knowing that, you know, this is exactly what I've been saying. Like, you know, you have to... She couldn't stay with him, and they realized that together, which, in my opinion, made them grow up very like it was like this. This proved like we're not being selfish anymore, we're not doing what we want just because it's what we want, we're it's- doing it for the greater good. And being able and, and her building the kingdom of heaven and them building the kingdom of heaven is literally just telling people, reminding people. Do good. Tell your stories. Go down. When you, when you die, tell your stories to the harpies. They are going to take you to where you really want to be because mm. um, you don't want to be in that land of the dead. Yeah. So, I don't know. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story. So, at that
1: ending, I loved that more, I think, than I thought I would mm-hmm. throughout the whole reading of this. And I think after this discussion, and I, I knew it would happen, you pulled out all the pieces and, and laid them all out and put the the pieces together in a way that I couldn't while I was reading it. Yeah. Um. I think that in my opinion, there was more than necessary in the book. I think so too. Which is why I kind of would be like, la la la, yes, la, la, yes, la. absolutely. And then I'd come back and they'd be like, all right, this is a good part. Yes. So I couldn't see the underlying themes. Like I knew they were there. But to be able to actually pull them out, which you just did absolutely masterfully, yeah, and yeah. I greatly appreciate it. I'm sorry, it, it was I a little disjointed, it. I feel like. No, but I don't think it was like, because you, you you pulled the sections together that were applicable that I needed. It, in my mind, as you were going, I'm like, oh, you just sorted the spreadsheet by alphabet, and <laughs> you put them all together where it
0: needed to be because <laughs> that's what I needed. Like, I knew I couldn't I, – I, I knew that I couldn't go through this one – at, like, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, at, like, page by linear. page. Yeah. Yes. Lineage. Because it's, it's, it's just, you can't do it that way. So I was just like, okay, let me try to, let me try to figure out a way to kind of tie these certain things together. And yeah, it was kind of skipping all over the place or whatever. But, you know, if, you, if you're listening to this podcast, more than likely you've, you've read this book before or read this series or know something about it. And, um, you would understand, obviously. But it's a very, it's a very complex series and, like, complex in, in, you know, I tried to get my, I try to get Aiden to read this, and I'm and me reading it. I'm just like, I don't think he would understand it yet. I, I like, I know Adam would not. No, He would probably no. enjoy part of the first story, but yes. he's he wouldn't. Yes, it's a very it's a very it, yes, it, it's it's a young adult it's in the subtle. sense that it's a 12, 12 year old as a, yes. its hero. Yes, but it is an adult. It's it's very it's adult it's themes. Very
1: subtle. Very much subtext. It's not yes. in your face. Yes certain parts yes but it's you have to be able to absorb what you're reading yeah. and 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 analyze it which i didn't do very well.
0: <laughs> I think like listen, listen, the first time I read the book, yes, I, I loved it I still really, really, really enjoyed the book. I think the second I think the second reading really helped me to bring it all together and be like, Okay, yeah. The second reading of the whole trilogy personally, like yes, I loved the trilogy in the first place, but a second reading of it, in my opinion, really like brought it all together resonated me, the certain yes, parts of it that, exactly. that really needed yes. to speak to you. Yeah, like when you have the picture as a whole, you can you can look back and you have that you have that hindsight of saying like, oh, this this is like those they little, were plotting that those out. Those little for, nuances yes. of
1: the when he said like when you said that the angel said, you know, you'll see eventually. When I read it, it was you'll see eventually because someday you're gonna die and you'll be in the land right. of the dead. Not hey, in sixteen pages you're gonna be actually in the fucking land of the dead, mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. 16 is the
0: wrong exactly. number, but you know. I know, I know. Um, So I, I am sorry. That was, that was, it's pretty long. long as hell, but. Which something will um, be cut, but. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of, there's plenty to cut. My little freaking skipping around. I should have, I should have planned better, but I didn't. You did perfectly well anyway there's a reason
1: we have a producer
0: <laughs> uh let's which go which we
1: love and got you this we book do. in the first place yes he did
0: he did buy me this series of books and i appreciate that like i never i probably never would have picked them up in the first place so anyway so thank you producer chris sim my sim um okay let's go to the epilogue
1: the epilogue
0: um, Do you know what we're reading next? <laughs> I do. do. It's <laughs> on the
1: top of my shelf and it's the next one standing up. And it's not Violent
0: Conspiracy.
1: It's no. not Yellow Face.
0: No. It's not The Giver of Stars. It is The it Giver is of the Giver Stars. Stars. Okay. Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. Moyes. Mm, I think M-something that's something YES. It's Moyes, I believe. Um, I've read a couple books of hers. I like her. I've never um, read one. You never read Me Before You? Nope. That's a good book. That's actually a really good book. I like that one a lot. Um, Maybe that's the only one I read because I don't think I read this. There's a sequel to it, Me After You, and I don't think I read that. I just... I cried a lot in Me Before You, and I was just like, I okay, I don't of, think I gotta do that. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's yeah. gonna be, I think her, all of her books are very much like a cry type of yeah. situation. So, Pat so. was
1: actually over on Monday, um, cause the kids were off and she was planning on hanging out with the kids, and then I was home, yay, COVID. Um, but so I was sitting there talking to her for a while, and I have all my books lined up. So, I have, I've told you, I have a stack of ones that I want to read and a stack of, yeah. Them podcast ones and i was like this is the next one i'm reading she's like what is that and i pulled it out i'm like the giver stars i got this as a um from my random book swap and i i haven't gotten it to it yet and and it's it intrigued me enough that we put it on the list for the podcast And she's like what's it about and i pulled it up on goodreads and like the first two sentences of the description i was like how the fuck do we pick this? Like, mm-hmm. what? Do we, and then it immediately goes into it's four women that are going to be handing out books, and I was just like, yes. "That's yeah. why." <laughs> it's like Eleanor Roosevelt. Yes, like, yes, yeah. It's Part of her initiative. For so it's the very library. like it's going to be yeah. like
0: kind of like historical fiction type yes. stuff, which I'm interested in. Um, I actually just literally just put the book in my purse so I can bring it with me this weekend if I have time to like you know veg out. And, yeah, veg and read, and um, you know, I'm I am reading that other book too, but that's okay. I can read two books at yeah. one time. It's no big deal.
1: What else are you reading?
0: Um um, the, well, I didn't start it yet, but I'm going to the Rachel Hawkins book. Oh, right, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, I'm looking forward to it, obviously. I'm always looking forward to it. Um, we do have a plan like our, our slated plan for the rest of the year basically and then mm-hmm. we're gonna take a, a much needed holiday break after our last so episode So I can read another pile of books. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you know we'll we'll talk more about that in the future because we'll have a bit a, a better idea of like, you know, when that's gonna be, but I, I think I, I wanna say our last episode is is slated to drop on like December eleventh or, or something. something. Yeah. And then and then we're gonna take a break for the holiday and probably through the month of January. Um we need it. We haven't had a little break since summer, and uh, but this is so much fun. I, I yeah. love this, and um, if you personally, listener, listeners, <laughs> made it, made it to here, <laughs> if you love listening and reading and bo- reading books and talking about books, please, please, please follow us on our socials. Um, we're on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can find us on Apple and Spotify. Um, rate, review, and subscribe. Like, I mean, if you can, because that helps out, too. And we like to see when we get new listeners and where they are like and all the that shit. guy in Iowa. Yeah. John said we had a listener in Indonesia. That was kind of cool. Really? Yeah. I don't know. It could just be a fucking random download or something, but whatever. It's a bot. It is what I, it's a bot, yeah. <laughs> um, but please, please, please join us next time. We make your To Be Red pile one book shorter. Bye, everybody. Bye. To Be Read is hosted by Sarah Westcott and Katie Willie. Produced, edited, and mixed by Chris Turow. Logo concept art by Rhiannon Kenfield. Graphic design by Steve Pius. Theme song, Read to Me, written and performed by Austin Mafa.